Welcome in to another edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, and your host for the WSN podcast as we are into one of the most exciting times of the high school sports season, the last week of the regular season for high school football where dreams will be made, dreams will be shattered, conference races on the line, playoff spots up for grabs, looking forward to uh, a great weekend of uh, high school football games, the release of playoff information. We'll talk about all of that a little bit later today on the WSN podcast. We will also visit with our friends at the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to get an update on the uh, wonderful new campaign that we're doing with them, highlighting the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month and talking about some of the other impacts of the dairy industry in the state of Wisconsin. So that'll be coming up. Uh, Again, we're going to also focus in quite a bit on the football playoffs. Not so much you know, a game-by-game preview this week. Uh, we did that on Wisports.net, but uh, just kind of talking about what the what the the weekend will look like, the timeline, the structure, some of the projections that we've done, all of those good things. But first, let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at Wisconsin DOT. A big thank you to the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for not only sponsoring the WSN podcast, but also serving as our uh, sponsor for our football playoff coverage on Wisports.net. Again, a big week in high school football. Um, We'll start with a few instances. There are seven games in week nine that feature Two teams that are unbeaten in conference. A true winner-take-all conference showdown in the final game of the regular season. There are many others that will have impacts and can have impacts on conference title races. But these are the seven where both teams are undefeated coming into play this week. And it starts on Thursday, a huge one in the Flyway Conference. Both teams finished as state runners-up last year in different divisions Mayville will travel to St. Mary Springs. uh, Springs is coming off uh, an emotional Saturday game where Bob Highland scored his 500th career victory with the Ledgers. In in perhaps not surprising Bob Highland fashion, um, you know, there was a little bit of uh, uh, heated interchange with uh, with the officials, and he ended up getting two unsportsmanlike penalties and get, getting ejected from the game that he won his 500th uh, victory. So uh, Springs has to get back on track. A huge one Thursday night as Mayvale comes in. Again, both teams uh, defending runners-up in their respective divisions. Both teams ranked very, very highly in uh, their respective divisions once again this year, both undefeated overall heading into a huge Thursday showdown in Week 9. In the CWC Large, Amherst is at Stratford. Both teams were a little slow out of the gates, but have rebounded and looked very good in conference play. Marcusan and Marshall going at it for control of the Eastern Suburban Conference. Racine Lutheran and Kenosha St. Joseph going for a conference title as well in the Metro Classic Conference. Uh, both teams undefeated in conference play, or I'm sorry, that is the Midwest Classic Conference, uh, Midwest Classic Conference with Kenosha St. Joe's and Racine Lutheran. Uh, Kenosha St. Joe's is undefeated overall. Racine Lutheran lost 
a couple non-conference games, but both undefeated in Midwest Classic Conference play. Two Rivers in Chilton. That will be the Quick Trip in Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week. I'll be heading over to Chilton, Chilton the last game at Morrissey Field, uh, before they open a new field next year. Going for, uh, for a conference title are those two teams in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference. Uh, should be a great game. I have, uh, I have not, I don't think I've seen either team. I'd have to go back and look at my list, but both are undefeated in league play. Two Rivers is undefeated overall. Their defense has been just dominating this year. They've allowed 27 points in six conference games coming in. Chilton also undefeated in conference. They lost a couple non-conference games early. I think it was a combined eight points, um, but they have gotten on track in league action. FRCC North up for grabs as Bayport welcomes in West De Pere. Both teams are undefeated overall. Bayport ascended to the number one position in the Division I coaches poll this week following the loss by McGuanago last week. So the Pirates are top ranked. Uh, West De Pere is ranked very highly in Division II. Should be a great game. Finally, the Cooley Conference title up for grabs. West Salem at Aquinas. Aquinas, the defending Division V state champion. West Salem looking very good this year. They're only lost a one-point affair to Onalaska earlier this year. Both teams have been dominant in conference play, really haven't been challenged. They've each won um, their, their games, the, the point differential in their six games coming in. Both of them at least 220 points differential. So those are the seven games that have direct winner-take-all conference title implications. There are other games, again, that will impact what happens for conference title races. Either um, you know, an undefeated team is playing a quality opponent and they've got a chance to go down. There are very few conferences that are... Um, that have been decided already. The conference title has been decided already uh, heading into week nine. It is, it is rather uncommon, in fact. Many conferences where there's one team undefeated, one team with one loss, maybe they don't play each other this week, but the outcome still not completely decided in terms of is it going to be an outright conference title for that team that might be undefeated? Is it going to be a shared conference title if that currently league-leading team goes down. So many conference races up for grabs, but we will uh, spend much of today talking about the playoffs, and that will be a, a big impact and, and a big focus today. It will be a big focus the rest of the way this week and into next week, obviously, as we are getting to that point where we're going to finally know the 224 teams that qualify for the 11-player playoffs, the 16 teams that qualify for the uh, eight-player playoffs. We will know the qualifiers. We will finally know the divisional placements. We are still looking at scenarios where the, the divisional cut lines are going to be very, very interesting. So we'll, uh, we'll get to that in just a, a little bit. But before we get into that, uh, that, that playoff discussion, we are going to go to our our first guest, our, our only guest for today, in fact, and uh, learn a little bit more again about the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month program that we're having, uh, that we have, have started this year in cooperation with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. So let's get to that uh, pre-recorded interview in a moment, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more about the high school football playoffs. All right, and as promised on the WSN podcast today, we are going to welcome in our, our guest for today. 
uh, to talk a little bit more about a great initiative that we have uh, been been very fortunate to be a part of uh, new this year, the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month in partnership with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And to talk a little bit more about that campaign and uh, the dairy industry in the America's Dairyland, we'll bring in Vicki Janish the, uh, from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Vicki, very excited to get this going and very excited to have you on the podcast today. So thanks for taking some time. Thank you so much for having us. I know Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin is excited about this opportunity to really showcase and highlight um, Wisconsin dairy, the Wisconsin dairy industry's uh, high school athletes who are actively involved on a Wisconsin dairy farm and participate in at least one WIA sanctioned varsity sport. Well, let's uh, before we get too in depth in the the new initiative that we have in the Athlete of the Month, and, and we'll talk a little bit about our our first selection for that. Let's talk a little bit about you know the the impact and in what it means to have the dairy industry here in Wisconsin. Uh, obviously, America's Dairyland, and you know the 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 cheese capital of the world, and all those great things that everyone is well aware of. But if you could just kind of talk us through what what the impact of the the dairy industry is in the state of Wisconsin and you know how that uh, how that applies to everyone in the state right so we truly live in america's dairyland and dairy is a vital part of the economic uh, activity here in wisconsin with 45.6 billion dollars generated just from wisconsin dairy alone you know whether you're in urban or rural wisconsin you are connected to the dairy industry from family farms, dairy processors, um, dairy businesses, they generate thousands of jobs and, and millions of dollars of economic activity while contributing to our local communities. And I'm, uh, I live in Reedsburg in Sauk County, the middle, the heart of the, you know, the, the, the small family farms and, and the dairy industry here in Wisconsin. Uh, like many people, you know, I, my, uh, my grandparents grew up on on family farms. I didn't grow up on a farm myself, but uh, as you said, everybody is impacted by the dairy industry, whether they uh, live or own a a farm or just have that impact uh, from the economy. Um, you know what what kind of went into uh, and what is the 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 athlete of the month, the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month initiative? You know, kind of talk us through what that is about and and what we're trying to do together to recognize some of those great outstanding uh, kids and student athletes that are living and working on dairy farms here in Wisconsin. Well, when we look at student athletes and, and what a student athlete goes through every day, you know, we're looking at they embody that character, commitment, determination, right? Both on and off the field. And that truly embodies um, our Wisconsin dairy farmers. 95% of Wisconsin dairy farmers are family owned. And of that over 6,000 dairy farms here that represent Wisconsin. And we, this opportunity is really to bridge a connection with um, those sports enthusiasts and make ties to uh, the athletic um, community that, that, that embodies the athletic student athlete with their commitment and determination and, and their grit really of the hard work that it takes to be a student athlete. And, and highlight these kids that are also um, working hard on and 
in school and on the field, but at home too. Their responsibilities, um, their work ethic doesn't just happen at school, but it also happens at home because they are part of their family farms or having an opportunity to participate uh, on a local dairy in their community. And of course, many for many years, coaches loved having those farmer uh, kids on their teams, whatever sport it was, they knew they were going to be hardworking. They knew they were, they were going to put the time and effort in, uh, be hard-nosed, and uh, and they wanted to have those kids. We're continuing our conversation with Vicki Janish from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, talking about our our awesome new Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month initiative. And Vicki, let's talk a little bit about our first uh, honoree and selection for the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month back in the month of September, Levi Nelson from Ellsworth. Uh, just a, a great kid. Uh, he's outstanding on the football field right now in the fall. Very good wrestler, uh, part of a state champion uh, relay team in track and field. He really embodies kind of that uh, that student athlete and the, uh, the the dairy farmer aspect of it, I think, as well. Right. His commitment, not only to his teams, right, but to his family has been so um, inspiring and exciting to watch. I had a visit, a chance to visit with his mom uh, this past week at a, a farm show here in Madison. And, and the way that she talks about his work ethic on the farm, he goes uh, in the morning for to work out and do his chores, go to school, practice, and then he's coming home and helping on the farm at night and getting his schoolwork done. So his commitment, not to just his teammates in school, but his commitment to his family and his animals um, is not just, it, it's a great talent and, and something that I truly admire about Levi, but he also represents all the other farm student athletes that are scattered across our state that they are determined to, to get the work done um, and buckle down and, and really focus on all the tasks that they've been um, working towards. Levi is a sophomore at Ellsworth High School uh, at Heartland Ridge Farm. Uh, Terre Farms, Generation Genetics. And what I love especially about Levi's story is that his farm uh, ships milk to Ellsworth Cooperative Creamery, which is one of my favorite uh, cheese curds, especially. I have uh, two uh, packs of Ellsworth cheese curds sitting at home. Of course, here in Reedsburg, we're blessed to have Car Valley very close to us, which makes outstanding cheeses and especially cheese curds. So uh, I, I got to give it up to Levi and, uh, and Ellsworth Creamery, some of the best cheese curds that you'll find. And you can find them around the state, actually, at, uh, at Quick Trips, I believe. Our good friends over there at Quick Trip carry those. So uh, again, very, very excited to be able to recognize Levi and what he has done on the field and as our, uh, our very first ever Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month. Again, we're continuing our conversation with Vicki Janish from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Vicki, the, uh, the Dairy Athlete of the Month uh, is something that we will continue throughout the year. And uh, if, if folks are interested in nominating a, uh, a, a student athlete for that award, we've already received a, a number of, uh, of submissions. They can head over to wisports.net and, and find the uh, nomination information there. As we're looking at recognizing and selecting those kids, what are some of the things that, that you look for um, you know, um, amongst those submissions to uh, to really highlight some of the outstanding uh, student athletes as an athlete, Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month. Well, we've really enjoyed seeing the applications come in this far, thus far. But the questions, the Q and A portion that we we get to learn more about these student athletes, we're we're learning more about who they are on and off the field, what they're involved in, what they're passionate about. Um, 
and then also learn more about what what happens on their farm and their day-to-day -day roles and responsibilities um, and tying a, a dairy farm to, you know, the con the consumer where they can enjoy dairy products, um, where this farm's milk goes. Um, but learning a lot more about the student athlete, what, what they're passionate about and how that uh, commitment and determination uh, has a lot of common ground in terms of what they do on the farm for caring for their animals and and the, the work they do on the farm uh, ties really closely to what they're doing in, in their athletic their athletic endeavors, whether it's on the basketball court or on the football field, um, and their you know their commitment to their team and, and their school. Well, it's a good Wisconsinite. Uh, I and our family certainly do our part consuming loads and loads of cheese, uh, uh, milk, and, and other dairy products in the state of Wisconsin. And I have two young sons that are athletes that you know, when they come home from practice, one of the first things that they look for is the chocolate milk. Uh, you know, fueling uh, fueling their bodies with chocolate milk has uh, has really you know taken off in 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 uh, the last few years. And uh, you know, I I think you can you can get chocolate milk uh, as as that recovery drink. Um, and it's just you know a great way to fuel your body at the end of a day after after a long football practice or game. Uh, chocolate milk uh, seems like the way to go. Chocolate milk is a great recovery drink, um, and it is proven time and time again that that is the go-to drink for athletes. And, and when you say it's the official beverage of the WIAA, that is a big statement uh, to really encourage athletes to refuel their bodies uh, for their next up and coming, you know, their match, their games, uh, the next heavy lift in the locker, in the weight room. Uh, putting that effort in to really rehydrate and refuel their bodies. Well, Vicki, before we let you go, I want to give uh, give you a chance to talk a little bit about what you do and what the uh, the group does at Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, how you work to benefit the uh, the farmers and the the family farms and the dairy industry around the state of Wisconsin. Uh, what what goes into that and, and what kind of impact does the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin organization have? Well, I am truly blessed to work for some of the most hardworking, dedicated farmers in the state of Wisconsin. Dairy Farms of Wisconsin is a nonprofit organization that focuses on the marketing and promotion of Wisconsin's world-class dairy products. You know, for, for the opportunity to represent the, the over 6,000 dairy farms that are 95% family-owned, it is a great way for us to talk dairy, but also help build common ground and, and entrust to understand what's going on in, in America's dairy land. All right, awesome stuff. Again, make sure you check out the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month feature that we are continuing on Wisports.net. If you would like to nominate an outstanding student athlete, you can head over to WSN and find the nomination link. And be sure to check up your pick up your chocolate milk on the way home from games. Uh, whether it's a football game, soccer match, basketball, as we get that going, is the uh, the official uh, refueling drink in high school sports in the state of Wisconsin. Vicki, thank you very much for joining us here on the WSN podcast. We're, again, so excited to get this initiative off the ground, working together with the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin to recognize those outstanding student athletes as the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month. So thank you for joining us today, and thank you for, for working with, with us on this outstanding program. Excellent. Thank you very much. Again, a big thank you to Vicki Janish from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin for joining us on our WSN podcast. And a big thank you to the Dairy Farmers for supporting 
this great new initiative, the Wisconsin Dairy Athlete of the Month, also involved in our Game of the Week feature, uh, the Quick Trip and Wisconsin Dairy Game of the Week. And of course, make sure that you grab your chocolate milk from Quick Trip after the game on Friday night. Let's help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, it's time to move into some playoff talk. It's always a, a fun time of the year. It's a busy time of the year, but it's a great time of the year in high school football as well. Let's talk about some of the things that we have done already on Wisports.net. I'm sure you have seen them. We have put together three different pieces of content related to the high school football playoffs, and each one serves a little bit of a different purpose and provides some different insight into the playoffs, how they work, and, and what's going on with them. The first one that we'll talk about is our uh, playoff qualifying report, and what that does is it, it's a snapshot in time as of right now, the teams that have clinched playoff spots the teams that are on the bubble, and we define on the bubble as uh, finishing with a 3-4 and four conference record where you're going to have to sweat out some tiebreakers. Um, so these there, there's teams that have guaranteed themselves at least three conference wins. They have three conference wins coming into Week 9. They can clinch a playoff spot by winning in Week 9. If they lose in Week 9... They're on the bubble, and again, they're sweating out some tiebreakers. Then there's a whole list of teams on, on there as well that need to win in Week 9 to get on the bubble. They're 2-4 and four in conference entering Week 9. They need to win to get to 3-4 and four, uh, to, to have any kind of a shot to, uh, to make the playoffs. So the football playoff qualifying report looks at where those teams are at right now. The next piece excuse me, of content that we did this week was our projected, unofficial football playoff qualifying field heading into week nine, where we picked winners and losers of every game in week nine, used that those results to uh, follow the WIAA's stated criteria for how teams qualify for the playoffs, went through a whole bunch of tiebreakers, way more than I would like to, way more than is... Uh, is, is almost feasible to do. Uh, we ended up with 45 teams finishing three and four in conference play based on our projections, but only 37 spots available. But that does mean that for 45 teams, we had to go through and run all these different tiebreaker scenarios. Uh, unfortunately, we can't automate that process. So it's a whole bunch of math and spreadsheets and and uh, going through all of the, the records and seeing who they beat. Without going through all of the tiebreaker procedures, just the the gist of it is the better teams that you beat, the better your chance of getting into the playoffs via a tiebreaker if you finish three and four and you end up on that bubble. Um, we laid out the the steps that teams go through to get into the uh, the playoffs, the tiebreakers that that have to be followed. We link to the full playoff regulations from the WIAA if you want to take a look at it. But again, we try to keep it as simple as possible. We try to um, know what those are and, and distill it down as much as possible to something that you as, as uh, fans and viewers can digest and you know just come away with kind of what the, the situation is. So long story short, again, a whole lot of tiebreakers we had to go through, but it did allow us to determine 
the 224-team, 11-player football playoff qualifying field. It was pretty similar to what we had done the week before with our projections. Not a ton changed. Uh, The D1, D2 cut line is going to be extremely interesting as we project three teams to tie on the cut line in enrollment with a 1336 enrollment figure for this year. Badger, Brookfield East, and Wanakee. Now you ask the tiebreaker to determine who would go up division, who would stay down if they tied on that uh, tiebreaker, and that is your actual enrollment, the third Friday of September, 2022. A little bit of a spoiler alert, all enrollments used for all sports by the WIAA for playoff qualification this year normally are the numbers gathered the third Friday of September in 2021. So they actually are using last year's enrollment numbers to determine this year's classification so that some of these fall sports that actually get underway very close to you know, the end of September know what division they're in, who they need to be watching for, all the preparations can be done, and they continue that and keep it consistent throughout the year. But again, if you tie on a cut line, or if you tie on a divisional cut line, then they go to this year's actual enrollment. Based on the information that we were provided, um, with three teams tied, two of them needing to go up to Division One, one staying down in Division Two, based on our projections, Badger and Brookfield East would go up, Wanakee would stay down as the largest Division II school. Again, that was something we talked about last week that is a big story heading into this final week is where Wanakee will land. There's not a lot of Division I teams that are kind of in a place where they could steal a spot um, and, and continue to push that cut line down. But there are teams in Division I that if they don't have the outcome that we expected, if they get upset this week, and don't qualify for the playoffs, that pushes that cut line in the other direction, and it increases the chances that Wanakee could end up in Division I. The long and short of it, I would would say right now, it's maybe 50-50 or maybe 40-60, Wanakee ending up in Division I versus Division II. I think it, it might be slightly more likely that they end up in Division II, again, in large part because of that tiebreaker scenario with Badger and Brookfield East. But there is still a chance, a decent chance, that Wanakee ends up in Division One, which would be one of the, the top stories of the entire state for the playoffs. The defending D2 champions moving up. It opens up things in Division Two considerably. It adds another great team into Division One. It means that Sun Prairie East maybe becomes the favorites in Division Two. You've got some other very good teams in D2. Kettle Moraine is extremely hot right now, coming off a big win over McGuanago. They would be one of the potential favorites. Hartford has looked very good. West Pier is still a strong team in D2. River Falls. Um, you know, there's some there's some contenders. Brookfield Central, there's some contenders in Division Two. But if Wanakee is in Division Two, they are likely a very strong favorite. If Wanakee goes up, that D2 field gets opened up considerably. So again, that's one of the biggest storylines that we will be following. Based on our projections, we had Menasha as the small, excuse me, as the largest Division Three team. That also means that Greendale and Onalaska are tied as the second largest Division Three team. So any of those, all of them, could potentially go up to Division Two. Again, it depends on who actually gets in to the playoffs. 
We had Catholic Memorial as the second largest Division IV school. Doesn't seem likely they will go to Division III, but that is a possibility. The D, uh, D6, D7 cut line is certainly very interesting. It moved a little bit from our initial projections. We had, after week eight, we had Coleman, I believe is the largest team in Division Seven. Things changed a little bit based on actual outcomes for week eight and some of the other tiebreaker procedures and, and things. So we now have Coleman staying in Division Six along with Kenosha St. Joseph, who is undefeated coming into this week. But that will be another interesting story to follow as we uh, look at who qualifies and where those divisional cut lines will be. The final piece of content that uh, we need to mention heading into uh, this last week of the regular season is our Week 9 football preview. It's a special playoff scenarios edition where we list out <clears throat> excuse me, every conference in the state. We say, these teams are in for sure out of this conference. These teams are out for sure. And then... Anybody else that's up in the air, that is not clinched or is not eliminated, we look at the scenarios for that team. If they win, what does it mean? If they lose, what does it mean? How, what is their tiebreaker looking like? Is it a strong tiebreaker where they're likely to get in as a bubble team? Or is it a weak tiebreaker that they are unlikely to get in as a, uh, a bubble team? So you can find that on wisports.net. I, I can't. I don't know how many words are in that article. A couple thousand, just breaking uh, down all of the different scenarios for all of the teams around the state. So three huge pieces of content that you'll want to check out on Wisports.net heading into this busy week nine. Let's also talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, what the timeline process, all of that is going to look like this year for the release of playoff information because it is going to be different than years past. The last few years, the last number of years, we all stayed, We all waited on Friday night for all of the final scores to come in. Once those would come in, normally, I, we would run a Facebook Live event. I would sit there in front of the computer, do all of the, the math and do all of those tiebreakers that I hated doing, um, go through all of that, put together a projected unofficial playoff field, post that usually sometime around 10.30 to 11, maybe 11.30, if there was a lot of tiebreakers to go through. And we would always have that uh, unofficial field out before the WIAA released their official field, uh, which would be 11.30 to midnight. We would then further wait around to see what the divisional, or excuse me, what the regional groupings were going to be. Um, that would take a little bit longer as they, uh, as they go through that. Um, and just a uh, a note on how that works. They they attempt to equally distribute the number of teams that are undefeated in conference play between all of the different regions. And then they also try to, when possible, equally distribute as close as possible the number of conference champions that are in each grouping in each division. So let's say there's seven conference champions in Division Two. Rather than put four of them in one group and one in the other ones or, or what have you, they would try, excuse me, try to spread those out. The emphasis is on try. Sometimes it's just not feasible to make it completely equal because of the travel that comes into play. So uh, they'll do their best, and then everybody else is grouped regionally. They'll draw circles, or they're actually amoebas, 
uh, around groups of teams to put them together in a regional type uh, grouping. It's an inexact science. There is always going to be complaints. There is always going to be somebody that feels like they got slighted, that their grouping is too hard. Their grouping requires them to travel too much. Although it's always interesting when when they get put in what they think is an easy grouping, they don't complain about the travel. That, that issue goes away. The travel is usually there when they're in a really strong grouping. Um, but as I always say, you could have 10 people look at the 32 teams in Division Two, let's say, that make the playoffs. You'd have 10 people look at that and ask them to draw groupings of eight, four groups of eight. And you could have 10 people do it 10 different ways, and none of them necessarily would be wrong. It's just an inexact science as you try to put all of that together. Um, it's just what it is. It just... You know, at some point you got to accept it. You got to move on. You got to play the games. You got to support your team, and uh, it's all about winning. It, it doesn't matter if uh, I, I, a lot of people get upset if you know I should have played this team in level three instead of level two or or what have you. But either because of the regional groupings or the seeding that we'll talk about a little bit later as well. It doesn't matter. You still have to win. Uh, whether you win, uh, play them in level two or level three, you still got to win to get to a state championship game. I, I understand the concept of of trying to s- spread those better teams out, of try, if you're going to seed, get it as close to, to correct as you possibly can. I, I get all of those things. But ultimately, again, you have to win the games in order to win a state championship. Whether And you have to beat good teams to win a state championship. Regardless of when that is, you're going to play good football teams. And you're going to play good football teams early as it should be and you have to win to 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 get in you have to win to have that shot at a state title so uh you know win just just win baby as al davis says so again we used to wait for all of that information late into the evening or actually early morning on saturday sometimes it was 1 one thirty in the morning we'd finally get the seeds out um, and then everybody would kind of get to work on breaking things down, checking it out. They knew who they'd play, all that good stuff. This year is different. This year, uh, a great uh, initiative, I think, by the WIAA to try to highlight and spotlight that process a little bit more that is already garners a ton of interest. So why not capitalize on it? So there's going to be a football playoff reveal show on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on Bally Sports Wisconsin where all of the brackets for 11-player and all of the brackets for 8-player will be released. The qualifiers, the seeds, the brackets, the matchups, none of that will be released in any form or fashion until that show at 10 a.m. It will be a one-hour show. I am part of it, as I have mentioned before. Jay Wilson will be the host. I'll be an in-studio analyst. There will also be a couple other folks joining, potentially Jason Zaleski from Zaleski Sports. Bob Brainerd, uh, who has done a lot of stuff, including for Bally Sports Wisconsin, WIA ex- uh, Associate Director Tom Shafransky um, as well. But you know, it'll be kind of patterned after the NCAA basketball tournament release show where you know, we'll, we'll put up the, the brackets for a division um, or a grouping for a division. We'll, we'll try to hit on some of the, the main items out of that, uh, any noteworthy storylines, whether it's rematches, whether it's um, potential matchups down the road, 
all of those different things um, in one hour for seven divisions plus eight players, so really technically eight divisions. It's going to be fast and furious. We're not going to have time to you know, go full in-depth on every matchup and every team and, and everything, but it will be a great opportunity to spotlight high school football. It'll be a great opportunity to, again, make a bigger deal out of this and capitalize on the interest that is there, um, and I'm excited to be a part of that. So uh, if I don't mention your team, please don't get mad at me. There's 224 teams Actually, 240 when you add an eight-player. We have 40, uh, 48 minutes, I think it is, to talk about, to, to introduce the brackets, to talk about anything, to have on our other guests. Um, we're not going to be able to talk about every single matchup. And, you know, an eight versus one probably isn't going to get as much attention as maybe a interesting three, six, or four, five matchup will be. Um, but we're going to do the best that we can to uh, to highlight and spotlight all of those great uh, things happening as part of this reveal show. I understand the uh, you know the concern, the consternation, if you will, about Bally Sports Wisconsin. It's not available to everybody on their cable package or on their streaming package. I don't get it myself. On uh, we have Hulu Live as our uh, TV provider, um, but you know they are interested in in airing it. And so it's going to be a good thing. And if you can, you know, join some buddies to watch it that, that have it, if you can um, borrow somebody's Spectrum login to be able to watch it on the app, you know, whatever it might be, um, you know, hopefully you can find a way to watch it. Uh, the WIA and the WFCA are encouraging coaches and schools and teams to gather their groups for viewing parties uh, to see if they got in, who they're playing, what their seeds are, Um you know, in, in asking teams to uh, to to tweet pictures, videos, uh, using the social media hashtags WIAAFB, WISFB, you can tag the WIAA in those as well, and uh, and they'll you know do some retweeting and different things like that. I, I think at some point down the road, as this continues to get built out, I think we would love to uh, we you know the people involved in the show. Would love to be able to do some live look-ins when teams get announced, as they do in the NCAA tournament release show. So if you're a bubble team and you get in and have a live camera there, a live feed, and be able to show that reaction, that would be pretty cool. But as it is right now, get those things, post them on social, tag the appropriate parties, and uh, and celebrate that opportunity. I, I know of uh, already a number of teams that are going to be doing viewing parties um, to, to watch that show. And again, I, I hope to be able to do right by... All of the teams and all of the players and the high school football community in general uh, as, as part of that show. So again, no information will be released before 10 a.m. It'll all come out on that show. When the show completes at 11 a.m., the WIAA will post everything online. I don't know if it'll be 11.01. You know, there'll be maybe a little bit of time there, but... Shortly after the completion of the show, all of the information will be posted online and available for everybody to see, and you know, you can get at it from there. Um, so if you can't watch it online, or if you can't watch it on Bally Sports Wisconsin, either because you don't get it, you've got youth football, you've got other stuff going on, whatever, it will be available online. We will post it on wisports.net as soon as it goes live and, uh, and, and have everything ready to go. And then from there... You know, we'll get to our normal work that we do where we break down every division, looking at uh, 
you know, what the seeding came out to be, some of the top players in each division, the best, you know, in first round matchups, the more interesting, potential, intriguing uh, matchups down the road. We'll we'll get into all of that uh, throughout the next few days as we do divisional breakdowns for every division of the high school football playoffs. So that's a, a, a timeline. That's a process. That's information that you will need to get ready for this weekend and the uh, the release of playoffs information. Uh, if you want to check things out as they stand right now, again, you can check out our playoff qualifying report. You can look at our projected field and divisional brackets. You can look at our week nine preview to see all the different scenarios that may be in play. If if your team you know needs to win or lose and what that will mean for them, all of that information available at wisports.net. Again, I'm looking forward to getting out to a uh, a great game this week. <clears throat> excuse me for a conference title. Uh, the Eastern Wisconsin Conference title up for grabs as Chilton will welcome in two rivers. Again, I believe I have not seen either of those teams previously. So adding a couple more teams to the list, getting very close to 200 teams that I have seen in person since starting at WSN. I'm pretty sure I'll get over 200 by the end <clears throat> Excuse me, of uh, this season, adding in uh, hopefully some new matchups and, and teams in the playoffs, and then, of course, at the state championship game. I'm sure there will be a few teams that I have not seen that will qualify for a state tournament. So getting very close to that 200 mark, uh, which is, you know, getting pretty close to half the teams in the state I have seen in person. Uh, I don't think it's doing too bad. So a big weekend, a lot lot to digest now, a lot to digest Friday night, Saturday, as we you know, await those playoff qualifiers to come out as we uh, look at what those playoff qualifi- qualifiers, seeds, matchups, brackets actually look like, you will want to stay tuned to Wisports.net. It will be a an hourly destination during this uh, this time period and this next, uh, well, really month of, uh, of high school football playoffs as we get into the uh, get into the, the fun season. And don't forget, please, number one, there are many other postseasons that are about to start or have started. In fact, earlier this week, girls' golf state championships were held at University Ridge in Madison. The first fall state championships were crowned. Uh, you had playoff brackets released for soccer. Volleyball will be wrapped up their uh, seeding this week, and, and those brackets will get posted. Uh, tennis starts their state tournament uh, later this week. So sprint to the finish for fall sports, and preparations continue. For winter sports that will begin very, very soon. We're less than a month away from the first winter sports practices of the year. So it's uh, it's a busy crossover uh, time for us, but a great time as well. And we're very much looking forward to that. Looking forward to a great week nine of the high school football season. Get out, take in a game. It's uh, it's a really fun atmosphere. Um, and then, of course, playoffs are, are around the corner. And uh, stay tuned to Wisports.net. We will have you covered over the next month for all of your high school football playoff information. Again, a big thank you to Vicki Janish from the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin for joining us today. A big thank you to our partners at Quick Trip as well and the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin for sponsoring our Game of the Week program. I'm looking forward to heading to Chilton for that. And also a big thank you to the Wisconsin Department of Transportation for sponsoring our podcast and sponsoring our football playoff uh, information. 
Let's take one more chance to help save lives on Wisconsin roads. The life you save might just be yours. Make the commitment to yourself and passengers that are with you by buckling up and putting the phone down every trip, every time. To find out more, take the pledge at wisconsindot.gov. Well, that will do it for today's episode of the Wisports.net podcast. Week 9 of the high school football season is here. Playoffs are around the corner. Great time of the year. Let's, uh, let's make it a great one. Again, I am Travis Wilson. This has been a WSN podcast. We'll see you at a game.